Well, good day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the unchanging, unshakable rock of Holy Scripture? Great to have you. Brand new podcast week this week. I'm excited about sharing with you some nuggets from the Word of God that'll help stabilize you and give you something to really sink your teeth into. And I know that these new podcast sessions are usually quite brief, but, uh, well, maybe not as brief as some people would like, but it, they are brief relatively uh, compared to uh, sermons, full-blown sermons. And so I'm glad that you're here today. Thanks for listening in. It really means a lot, and I hope that uh, you are able to benefit from this. I'm going to be looking in the next several podcasts at some encouraging passages of, passages of Scripture from First John uh, in the New Testament, and we're going to be studying, since we are approaching rapidly the celebration of our Lord's birth, uh, five reasons why Jesus came to the earth. This will be a good one to pass on to somebody. If you're looking to uh, introduce them to the uh, person of Jesus Christ and why it was necessary for him to come to this earth and to be born in the way that he was, uh, it will be a blessing and an introduction to that very thought. So I want to encourage you to uh, send this out and let your friends know and give them an introduction to it. Uh, in First John chapter 4, I want to just lay the foundation with just a few verses of scripture from uh, the fourth chapter of First John. The Bible says in verse 11, <clears throat> Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his Spirit. And we have seen, and do testify, that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. That's First John chapter 4, verses 9 through 14. Uh, in that very that, that small snippet of information that the apostle writes down for us, we are introduced to really a, a theme that runs throughout the letter of First John in your New Testament. And in that in that letter, John is very careful to lay out five specific reasons why Jesus came and was born uh, in human form on this earth. And these five reasons are so significant that it merits us taking the time in this podcast series leading up to Christmas to talk about this and read the scripture and understand why it was so vital. There are a lot of religious movements on the face of the earth today. Many of them are dealing with this innate desire of the human soul to find meaning and purpose in life, to find satisfaction. Uh, there's a lot of religions out there today that are really uh, uh, trying to fulfill a need for humanity who intuitively, innately knows that there is a God, that they're going to be accountable to a creator. But the problem is they try all of the wrong avenues to try to come to that understanding of who he is. They even go so far as to misunderstand the real problem with humanity and why there's such a distance and a separation between humanity and the Creator God. And John takes up that topic and very detailed gives us an understanding in simple terminology to help us to know why was it necessary for Jesus to come? What were his primary motivations 
in following his father's counsel and and command and coming to this earth, taking on the form of a human being, being sacrificed, uh, giving his life, being buried, raised again, all of which shedding the shedding of his blood, the terrible suffering, the rejection, the despising. Why did he go through all of that? We're going to begin with that first reason today. No less than five times in the gospel, excuse me, in the first letter of John, uh, John emphasizes the fact that the purpose of our Lord's coming in flesh uh, is very important. Sometimes the question is asked by people that I talk to, how do we know that Jesus came? And arguably there are two main lines of evidence for the fact of our Lord's birth, life, ministry, death, his resurrection, his ascension, his exaltation. Uh, and usually uh, this is what is is taught, and I think it's good because his coming was was really prophetically anticipated. Uh, this was not something that was new on the scene, something that was never even considered or even thought about. Uh, frequently in the Old Testament scriptures, we find predictions of the first coming of the Lord Jesus. Uh, the the uh, prophets of God were used frequently in order to to share the good news that God was going to bring a Redeemer on this earth. The fact and the purposes of his coming are presented in all kinds of types and pictures and promises. And you can look it up. Uh, Genesis, Even as early as Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, God promised after the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden that he would fix this. He would fix their brokenness. He would fix their their sinfulness. He would fix their rejection of him that now every human person is born into this world having this brokenness in their in their very soul. And so uh, it's been prophetically anticipated for generations and generations. The Bible tells us in Galatians 4, 4, that in the fullness of time, Jesus came into this world, born of a woman, made un, made of a woman, born under the law. He was an individual who came for a specific purpose. But his coming is also historically authenticated. We know that it's not just a matter of our reading the Bible to discover who Jesus is. The four Gospels, of course, and the letters of the, of the New Testament Scriptures give us a historical record of the Savior's birth and life, and they are just absolutely phenomenal. But you have, you have to add to that, of course, we have a lot of independent testimony from secular historians outside the Bible. Uh, we can join the writer of this letter and say, as he does in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 20, we know also that the Son of God has come. And I thought it was interesting when I looked at the uh, some of the historical records. I One of the men that I've collected his books, his historical records, is a man named Flavius Josephus. Uh, he wrote what's called the Antiquities of the Jews. He was a Jewish historian that recorded Jesus twice in his books. There's the Roman historian and Senator Tacitus who referred to Jesus there was his execution by Pontius Pilate and the record of that. There's the existence of early Christians in Rome uh, and in his final work, uh, the annals of, his, <clears throat> of, of, uh, of the unfolding of the Roman government. Uh, Roman governor Pliny the Younger wrote to Emperor Trajan and Suetonius and there are so many writing to Emperor Claudius. There's all kinds of 
of secular works by historians that are out there that tell us the story or tell us information about our Lord. And all of that is wonderful and all of that is true. But I want to come to the verse for today and leave you with this. And the first reason why Jesus came that is addressed by John the Apostle is found in his letter, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 5. Listen to this. And you know that he was manifested, literally appeared. He appeared to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. This is absolutely uh, vital for us to understand that Jesus Christ came not to be just a great example or a great moral teacher. He didn't come to be as, uh, as so many philosophers that have come and gone over the centuries. But Jesus came, and I think it's, it's, it's remarkable that this is the first reason that John gives, John the, the disciple, that he gives for our Savior's coming to this world, and that is, he came to be your and mine, our sin bearer. The verse reads, literally, you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, uh, and in him is no sin. Now, it's something that, that, that's interesting because obviously by the fact that this is mentioned as the very first cause tells us of, of our Christ, of our Lord's coming, tells us that all sin is serious. In fact, the verse right before this says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And then he goes on in verse 5 to say, And you know that he was manifested, he appeared to take away our sins, and in him. So sin is serious because the first reason cited for Jesus coming in the flesh is because of our sin. He came to remove it. It's not something the world wants to talk about today, but sin is a daily reality for every person. And what we are called on throughout the Scripture because of the sacrifice of Christ is to confess it, to admit it, to confess it, and to be cleansed from it by the Lord Jesus Himself. Sin keeps me from fellowship with God. It's lawlessness. It's breaking of the, of the law that God has given. It, it, it keeps me from fellowship with God. It, and when you trace it back in all of its roots, it's, it's of Satan. It is devilish. All righteousness is godlike. But even the slightest bit of sin contradicts uh, what God would have us to be. So I'm suggesting to you that the very first reason that we have this teaching in Scripture by John is that he came to be, uh, you know, he came to bear your sin as well today. When he was, uh, I, I think the word appeared, manifested in this text is significant because it refers or infers our Lord's pre-existence, that our Savior has always lived in eternity with his Father. But when he was born at Bethlehem, that was not his beginning. You can look that up and understand that from the New Testament. He has always been. But why then did he come? And the answer is to take away your sins. So the essential purpose of the incarnation was not that our Lord might become an example or a teacher, or a great moral man, but that he might be your sin bearer. Dear listener today, I want you to understand, don't leave this podcast without running to Christ 
without accepting his free forgiveness that costs you nothing but cost him everything. Uh, He's your sin bearer today. And one day you'll stand before God and you'll give an account of what you've done with his free offer of forgiveness. Have you accepted it today? Has that been something that you have experienced? Have you acknowledged him as king of your life, as your sin bearer? When you do, Christmas will be so much more special. God bless you today. Walk in the freedom of sinlessness in Christ. God bless.